Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. I hope everything is going fine. Today is the 12th day of January and I'm so happy. This year I have been recording every single day of the year and I just give God the glory for that. I don't know if I'm able to keep it up but I'm just happy and I think it's because um, God has just, just inspired me on the first day of January too you know tweak things around a little bit change the artwork you know just very little minute details that have seemed to have made uh, a significant difference at least from my perspective so it it sort of like put a spring in my step and made me feel uh, more invigorated to do these recordings and uh, god bless my dear sister who also um, put a call through from canada and um you know um, sister ib and she told me about how you know the impact she's listening in every morning driving on her way to work that was very encouraging for me as well so just that sense of oh my goodness somebody's going to be listening and it's going to be so i'm like okay let me record first thing in the morning as i used to do which is how we started off this thing and so that you know everyone knows that i'm saying what's happening that day so as i usually start off with a little bit of a feel of the weather we have a bit of a haze over Lagos this morning and for that haze to be I mean like there's a tall building in front of my house right outside my window which I'm looking through at the moment and for the haze to have settled on that building this much I can imagine that flights it may be a little bit tough to you know the whole landing thing in certain places may be a little bit tough that's that's quite a significant haze it is likely to clear maybe maybe 9 30 ish the sun isn't out yet so but yeah there we go which is funny we didn't have that haze yesterday but you notice how these things are they come and they go anyway so we're here things are ramping up in um, lagos nigeria and um next month is election season things are really really heating up i'm like wow it's finally here because it's like we've been all been non-stop political watch and conversation and commentary for like a whole year it's been it's amazing we've had like an election cycle that is almost been like the american elections you know like that boom 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 24 7 news cycle and people getting it on this and conversations and all that it's been really exciting to watch and um you know and to be a part of somehow so but anyways um so today i want to talk about something and um on this podcast i've talked a lot about how you know god in the last two years the lord my work with god god led me to be remove myself from certain relationships and at the time when i was doing those things i thought that you know i questioned myself i questioned the leading that i was getting you know i really went back and forth with the lord on it because i just felt no that's not how you know it was just really difficult because these were very established relationships and things like that but i was also going through stuff at the moment so anyway i sort of like understood because i just needed quiet i needed quiet you know how it is and and you know now i understand why jesus used to separate himself and go to the mountain to be alone because i mean he used to go into a quiet place to go and pray because you really need to be able there's certain things you're going through or in your life or there's certain times when you just really need to be in a place of quiet you need to give yourself space to think and if you do not separate yourself, I mean, this is, I'm talking from personal experience and, you know, even Jesus, we see that in Jesus's lifestyle as well. If you don't separate yourself from, like, spend that time, you know, to just go and give yourself space to think, you're like, you're just prolonging your pain. You're not likely to be able to see your way out of that um, situation. So I needed that quiet. In fact, 
looking back i thank god that it happened during the time of the pandemic because that whole social distancing lockdown people not visiting people in their homes it really helped me because even though it was very lonely but it was loneliness that was necessary it was necessary because i needed to get into myself as in i needed to there's a lot i can't say on the podcast about what that experience was like and even me i'm still sometimes unraveling it but you know looking back and you know when they say hindsight is 2020 looking back now i i i I realized the significance of the steps that I took and that or that God led me to take and that if I hadn't taken them I just wonder because where I am now is where I need needed to be where I prayed to be but I did not see how I would get there but if you look at where I was and where I am now even the path is almost like someone that came out of some muddy horrible swampy thing and people are like how did you cross that swamp because everybody, I mean, nobody can even see anywhere that looks like there's a foothold to stand on. But somehow, you went through it and you came out. So, looking back, I realized that, thank God I obeyed him, even though it took me a while. It took me a while to believe God, to understand what he was saying. Eventually, when he would say things and it would happen and repeatedly, repeatedly, I just had to say, okay, you know what? Let me just, let's assume that I'm making a mistake or whatever. Let me just, to err on the side of the question, let me just go ahead with it. So, certain relationships, I've moved them out of my life. And looking back now, it was the best thing. It was the absolute best thing. And I, I'm not even going to spend my time thinking about, oh, whether is it that they are bad people or not. That has nothing to do with it. The point was that their voice, their presence was not needed in my life. In fact, it was not helpful. And I needed, not that they're, again, like I said, this has nothing to do with whether they are bad people or not. I just needed, they were not people, I mean, I needed, the journey I was embarking on, the journey I was actually on, not even as if embarking, I was there, I was, it was thrust upon me, you know, was such that I could only, I, I could only travel, if I wanted to survive that journey, I needed to travel with people who could help me, and I was, my, you know, that I was not in the, yeah, the circle I had, there were certain yeah, influences and interests that wasn't helpful. Looking back now, honestly, I have not... <laughs> Jonathan, as in, you know, I'm not even like, oh, wow, I, as in my... It's like, I didn't realize. Anyway, it's, I have been the better for it. Let's just put it that way. To the extent that I am not even raising the conversation of, you know... I realize that that's in my past now. There's no point even saying, oh, let's go back and... Um, rake up the ashes of that relationship, you know, and, and all that. I'm not even. I'm not going to do that. It's not worth it because, yeah, I live. Yeah, it's, it's a new life. I've closed the chapter of it, and, and this is where I am at now. And the Lord is front and center of that life of, the, of that um, whatever. And what I've come to find out in the last two years as well is like I've just grown up. I don't know why. Is that some people are in your life with an with a premeditated interest. And this is shocking to me because I literally have no premeditated interest in being in somebody's life for a reason. Do you understand? As in, I forge all of my relationships based on, you know, connect, chemistry, values. I like being with you, personality. You know, we're doing this thing together. We work together. We, we you know, we're Christian together. You know, I, I build my life based on connections. There's, because I'm so, that's all I think, maybe because I'm an introvert, you know, um, extroverted introvert, or, you know, because 
it's so difficult for me to even be in the space of people that I don't like that to now put in the effort to be with someone that I don't like simply because I want something out of them. I'm sorry, I don't have that energy. I, I wasn't born with it. You know, I don't have it. But I, so I assumed everyone else, I thought that was how everyone was. Imagine me living through 50 years of my life. I'm just finding out that that is not so. So I have, through very painful experience, found out now that majority of the people on the planet, well, let me not say majority, a significant population of people are extremely premeditated in their relationships. And so when they, in fact, there are certain people that are my friends now that I can, looking back now, I can actually say the person targeted me as in I was a mark. The person targeted me and me, I am going to be this person's friend. And it wasn't because, oh, I like her, oh, I want to learn from her. It was about, she's going to be useful. Or, I don't, or, I'm going to use her. You know, there, there, there was just, and, I, you know, I would welcome them with open arms and people, you know, even when people would say, why are you friends with this person? I would say, anyway, I digress. So now I'm beginning to realize now, and I think when I look back now, probably that was why as a Christian, I was just, I was, I knew in my heart that I was not as impactful as God wanted me to be. I knew that I was not doing what God wanted me to do, but I didn't know how to fix it. I honestly didn't know. So I spent like 15 years of my Christian life just being a Christian, you know, going to church, being a member of a group, doing the things. But I knew that the fire wasn't there. There was no fire. There was no fire. I mean, what I'm, there was no fire. Let's just put it that there was no fire. There was, there was a zeal of some sort. There was passion of some sort, but the passion was more for the activities around church not necessarily passion for Christ or zeal for Christ or zeal for the gospel or passion for the gospel. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you see that very subtle but important distinction? That was how I was. So I was very active in church circles and I was very much a church girl, you know, in church every Sunday, midweek service and all of that. But passion for Christ as in Jesus Christ, passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm-mm, I will, that wasn't me. So how then are you a Christian without being having a passion for Christ? How are you a Christian without having a passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, that was where I found myself. And I think that's the perfect de- definition of churchianity, which is what many of us are practicing now, and actually not Christianity, because you can't be a Christian without having a passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It goes, it's a package. When Christ is in you, Christ makes you have the passion for the things that he cares about and as we grow in him i do understand that these things don't happen immediately and sometimes it takes time before we grow into that but if we're on the path of growth that growth will begin to happen it is when other influences are brought in like you know churchianity for lack of a better word that is when you know you grow in churchianity and the love of activities of the church and we don't actually grow in christ there may be churches or places where you know i think they find that balance but yeah i i i I, by and large it doesn't seem to be that way in a lot of places so anyways looking back now i have now so that right now i'm really living this life whereby i by the leading of god i have a very few in quote friends very few people that i actually speak to very few people that pick up the phone to call me um, I still have a lot of people reaching out to me for counseling, you know, ministry, that kind of thing, which is, and God sends them to me, which is fine. I don't actively seek for it, but a lot of 
women young women continue to reach out to me which i really really love i i i like the fact that i'm that kind of that god has made me that kind of person that young women can reach out to because i know how difficult it is for young women to reach out to older women you know they will always you know because older women can be very you know how i'm saying very scary <laughs> and very you know negatively you know anyways so i i thank god that he's given me that persona that people can still reach out to me young people so so i find out that i'm forging new relationships with people of a younger generation in fact this podcast is actually listened primarily to people who are in the age grade of their 20s 30s and um, so I thank God for that because I also like young people a lot, and I think that comes through <laughs> in my in, in my voice and the things that that I say and the way I think and all of that. So I give God the glory for that. So where am I going with all of this? There's a scripture in Matthew five. By the way, if you want to read, there's what is called the Sermon of the Mount. The Sermon of the Mount is reported in the book of Matthew, chapter five, six, seven. I think it stops at eight. In that five, in those three chapters, Jesus preaches everything about the gospel of Christ. About when you want to say the teachings of Jesus, what does Jesus believe? What does it mean to be a Christian and all of that? Jesus puts it out there. He talks about marriage, he talks about divorce, he talks about you know your impact as a Christian on life, you know, what you should like, what you should not like, you know, he talks about love, he talks about faith. Everything is really in there. You will find out that everything he preached, almost everything he preached in the Sermon of the Mount is what is then fleshed out in the entire gospel by the apostles and also um, other um, epistles written um, in the New Testament. So fine. And of course, he references Old Testament a lot so that you can know that it's still the same God, but he's now, you know, fulfilling his promises that were made to Abraham, to you know, to to Abraham, to David, and all the other covenants, and all, and all that. So, in I'm going to read from verse 29, when he said something. Now, this verses I'm going to read are a little bit controversial, because people, the understanding people misinterpret it. A lot of people have wondered what was Jesus really saying here. So, he first started off by saying, um, in verse 27, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. But it, For it is better that you lose one of your members, as members of your body, parts of your body, body parts, than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body going to hell. So some people have taken these verses literally and now done some horrible things to themselves because they say they don't want to do those things anymore. But I think, first of all, he was only talking metaphorically. God wasn't telling, Jesus wasn't telling you to cut off your body and dismember yourself. That wasn't what he was saying. But he was saying that whatever you need to do to remove yourself or limits your ability to fall into sin or to be influenced by things, people, and events that are harmful to you spiritually. Do not hesitate to do it. That is what he was saying here. And I think this is the first time I've been able to articulate that meaning this way. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me to do that. That's what he was saying. First, because first of all, he was talking about intent. He says, whoever looks at a woman with lustful intent. So he was talking about intent. So what he was saying is, whatever it is. So he wasn't talking so much about the physical act. 
he that was how that's the context of that scripture he first started off talking about intent so he was talking about mentality about mind things that are influences influencing how we think or how i think how i um think about things my mindset my beliefs my values and therefore my action because before i act on anything i have to first think about it i have to consider it i have to come to a place of conviction or at least curiosity then intent must be formed before i can then do it then when intent is formed i then begin to look for opportunity when intent and opportunity collide then action happens thank you holy spirit again so he was talking you know he was first talking about the things that will shape your intent our mind we need to be very careful about those things and this what shapes our minds like if i look at myself what what shapes my intent i'm somebody that actually i'm very careful what i watch right now movies um things i click on on the internet because i am like a sponge i soak up everything in fact i started reading a lot of tweets of people like americans they're always using swear words i found out that i started swearing do you understand because that's just the kind of person i am i i soak up things that i um that i expose myself to so and and it's positive on the learning perspective so if i am in an environment i learn a lot from that environment because i'm like a sponge i just i don't even have to study just being there as in the influences just enter me and you know and i leave that place and people like i always get more from my environment than other people around me I, it's just the way i'm wired it's, it's a natural it's you know it's just a gift you know it's just it's not something i do but the flip side of it is that i can also be influenced i can be influenced negatively without my knowing it and i didn't realize it so when because i am like that and i've become more aware of the fact that i am like that i have to be i more than other people have to be more intentional about shutting off certain interests and influences in my life because i am that kind of person that if i am exposed to something i am more likely to be influenced by it i mean i watch movies they stay with me as in i i i listen to um you know i i i i watch videos of people selling you know they they really stay with me it stays with me i find myself speaking about it when i'm talking in my podcast i find myself reflecting on it i find myself quoting it to somebody else and i'm like ah, how is that i've been influenced by this two minutes video i watched without you know just like that without even thinking about it i don't know if you can resonate with what i'm saying and if you can please if you can find a way on whatever device you're listening um app you're listening to this on if it's anchor there's a place you can give me feedback please just chip in a note to me and say oh yes shola this makes oh yeah i i i know i've, I've experienced something like this so this morning the lord said to me because someone called me yesterday and i saw the phone and this is the thing about me god has given me such a very strong gift of the spirit of discernment that i sense things that i don't even understand what as in the level of spiritual intuition is 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 out of this world i can't even explain it to you so many times i just have a feeling about things that i can't explain and most of the time there is no physical reason for why i feel that sense of foreboding or that sense of whatever it is i'm feeling but i kid you not in every situation that i've ever felt that way a or you know or sensed or felt that way 9 out of 10 if not 9.9 times out of 
something will happen that will validate that feeling almost to the letter. And if I had, you know, disregarded that um, in, intuition or discernment or whatever, I would be like, oh my goodness, why did I? So anyway, I got this phone call from this person. And as I saw the number, because I there's a lot that had been happening in that space that had already made me realize that this person is not an ally. This person is a dangerous person. You need to keep this person far. But I felt, you know what, okay, we haven't talked in a while. You know, let it not be as if I'm, you know, I'm trying to create drama where there is none. Even though the person was calling at a very unusual time. In fact, the fact that the person was even calling at all because this is someone who is, yeah, there's just a lot going on there. And I was like, ah, anyway. So I was about to jump into a meeting, 12 uh, minutes into time to, for a meeting. But I said, let me, so against my better judgment, you know, that sense, I said, let me pick up the call because I felt, okay, I can't just not pick up the call. Even if I don't, I will still have to catch up with the person. Oh, I saw your missed call blast. So I said, okay, let me just pick it up and say I have a brief, um, I have a meeting. So I picked up the call and bear it in mind again that I said, this is a relationship that has already been red flagged to me in a, in a spiritual way. Although I felt I was, I felt I wasn't too sure that it was spiritual. I, I just, in fact, I knew, I just knew that there was something going on there, but I still wasn't sure what am I going to do about it? Lord, what do you want me to do? And how bad is it? You know? So anyways, um, so I picked up this phone call and then this person begins to ask, you know, some funny, Oh, how are you? I hope everything is okay. And then a very short conversation, but in this, in this space of a two minute call manages to inject enough poison into my spiritual environment. Look, eh, I have, uh, when I say poison, I'm not joking. There are people who, I don't know what it is they are feeding on. I don't know what it is they have gotten themselves into. But the streams they are drinking from are streams of evil. If God ever points out such people in your life, please put them far, whether they are blood relatives or not. Do not allow them to have the space, the time, the opportunity to spread their poison into your into your into your environment. Words are containers. That's what I found. They are containers. I mean, why is it? That? I, sometimes I have some friends call me. Same thing happens to me, vice versa. We just talk. By the time we finish, the person says, "I feel lighter," and you're wondering because you've not. I've not lifted any burden from you. I don't even. I mean, I'm just talking. We're just, in fact, we're just talking. You called me, or we started talking. You, there was a spirit of heaviness. We finished the conversation. The heaviness has gone. Do we not understand that we are living in a spiritual world, spiritually enabled world? How is it possible that words can make people fall into depression? Words can drive people to the brink. Words can also words can also bring them back. So if there are people in your life, like this human being that called me yesterday, in fact, by the time the phone call ended, ah, I was like, two minutes, old, in fact, maybe 90 seconds. I was like, Shola, why did you pick this call? You knew. But for me, that was just the validation that I needed. But I, I, I berated myself that why did I need, why was I, why I'm always seeking physical confirmation for the things that my spirit has already told me, the spirit of God has discerned, has enabled my spirit to discern, even without having mental comprehension. 
So I really need to work with that problem that I have of always wanting physical confirmation because sometimes when the physical confirmation comes, it comes at a price, a huge cost. And it's avoidable because the Lord did everything to make sure you you don't avoid it. So still reflecting on, I mean, you don't, I mean, that you can avoid it. So still reflecting on all of that whole experience yesterday. And I said to myself, I'm never, if this person calls me, I'm never talking to this person on the phone again. And there are a couple of people, very close relationships that I've done that for. Why? Because when you pick up the phone, what comes out of their mouth? It's like giving the devil, it's like a phone call with, with Satan. You know what I'm saying? They just, and you don't, they, they, they're not saying bad things, but by the time, and how you know, this is how I know the kind of person someone is. When they when you drop the phone and then you start feeling some feelings start coming because first of all for one thing fear fear is a spirit so if somebody picks talks to you and then after you finish talking to the person fear now grips you just know that that person has lent their voice to the devil now if the person if this is the consistent experience you have with that person then you need to blacklist that person I'm sorry to say even if you're going to pray for the person you know you have to make sure that that person does not because that's container whatever it is they've dropped in your mind is on a mission it's on a mission you know yesterday we talked about sending a tablet into when you drink um when you drink um, a pill or you take medication it's on a mission and it goes to wherever if, if it's something for blood pressure it will bypass every other thing and then it goes to the you know where it needs to go to if it's for the heart if it's for wherever so the same way when we allow these people to just come and spread their poison they have sown a seed. So, and you know how it is like when they are seed, when you have weeds in your garden, you don't wish weeds away. You have to go and weed it out. So when you don't even know, so the trouble it will take you, the effort it will take you to get that negative thought out of your mind. You may be on it for weeks, sometimes months. For some people, it may even be years. So why put yourself in that position? If God had already tried to protect you, so I just told myself, I said, well, and Lord, please forgive me. In fact, I'm not asked for God's forgiveness. Forgive me that I picked that call yesterday. Because there's some people that you should not talk to them by text. Because by text, it's somehow, I've noticed that it's not as easy to convey. There's something about the spoken word. So by text, it's, it's not as easy for them to spread that poison. And of course, the thing about text is that you are in control. So if you see that they're talking rubbish, you can delete. You don't have to read everything. You know what I'm saying? But when they are speaking, you have submitted yourself. To the ministration of their words so and like i said there is something about the spoken word that's what i've seen the spoken word there's something about it the written word is also powerful but there's something about the spoken word the written word you have to read it so it it, it you you are it, 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 the ball is in your court the point at which you don't like what you're reading you stop but when somebody is speaking you can't stop the person from speaking you're already there so you have to remove yourself but the words already have entered that's really the thing. There's like I don't know. I think spoken word and written word is like the difference between um, tablets and IV. So the written word is like a tablet. So it will go in. It takes its time before it gets to your bloodstream. It has to be digested. The spoken word goes straight to your bloodstream. Holy Ghost! Ha! You are all called this body. That is an amazing analogy, which of course did not come from me. That is exactly how it is. So for that reason, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. I know. So for that reason, there are certain people in your life, if there are relationships, family relationships, you cannot uh, cut away. We're not saying make enemies of them, but they should be on text-only basis. They should be. I'm telling you. 
and don't ever put yourself in a situation whereby you are sitting one-on-one they are talking into your life if you have to be in that situation you just be ready to be deflecting and deflecting and deflecting no i don't want to talk about that no i don't you do you understand what i'm saying i don't believe i don't you know just do that you have to because the bible says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life i spent the whole of yesterday deflecting and guarding budding up i could see because by the time i could see so when i saw that i was like ah god this person oh wow so you have really become a tool and it was so premeditated because he never calls me definitely not at that time and he doesn't even the care that he tried to express in calling he has never he's not someone that is known for caring so it was an intentional call to corrupt my environment spiritual environment so even though i can blame the devil for it i do know that it was a willful intentional and premeditated act on his part so that's fine at least now i know so next time you like call me I don't care you must send the text because i'm not picking that call two minutes 90 seconds i spent far more than 90 seconds bringing myself back from the impact of what he said what did he, he didn't say anything try to express care but introduce fear you know how those people that call you and make you feel that there is something that is bad that you know you know what i'm saying nigerians will understand what i'm saying but it was deliberate because like I said, this is not somebody that normally cares. He's not that, you know, there's some people who would call you and be like, oh, there's some kind of people that I can get that kind of call from. And I know it's coming from a good place because over time, there are people that care about you. They express care, but not somebody who I know, you don't understand your ear hair. And that's where the devil is. I'm sorry, not very smart because he doesn't even know how much of, you know, he doesn't know. He doesn't work according to pattern. It's like a liar. A liar will tell so many lies, they forget that they've already told you, they, they lose track of their lies, and then they end up telling you a lie that is different from the lie that they told you the last time. So if you have been exposed to their lies for a long time, eventually you will find them out because they lose track of their lives, of their lies. That's exactly how it is with the devil. Of course, he's their father. So if you are exposed to people who are dodgy or people who have negative intention, they forget that there is a pattern of behavior that is consistent to them. So the day they try to pretend as though they are different it is very glaring to you because you're right they, they've already shown you who they are you know you what you may not know is their motives but their behavior their actions has been clear so i'll just leave it at that so when god said to me this morning he said you know this is what jesus was talking about in this scripture that if you're right the person causes you to sin causes you to sin means causes you to come into a place of affects your relationship with god affects your right standing which in this case was bringing me to a place of fear, which is unbelief. He says, it's better for you to, to cut it off. Cut it off. He said, even said, throw it away. He said, because it's better that you lose one of your relationships than for your whole body to go into hell, to destruction, to despair. Because like we said, that's, it, that's whether it is that idea of lust or idea of whatever or the fear somebody is bringing into your life it's on a mission those things are not just coming just for the sake of coming sake they are on a mission there's something they want to achieve in your life in my life we cannot allow it and that that mission is ultimately to destroy my soul our souls that's the ultimate mission 
And the devil will try different ways and people. And some people will be used unconsciously. Some situations, you know, may happen unconsciously. But the issue is if there is a deliberate, if there is a willful, like, a, you know, someone like a Judas. Judas was a willful accomplice. Then you need to put them where they belong. And, you know, you just have to. The Bible says we should be wise. Jesus said we should be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. When I even remember, I take a lot of inspiration from the life of Jesus. I'm really out of time now, but I'll bring this to a close. Jesus was so wise. He knew when to separate himself. There were times he went to Jerusalem quietly. There were times, you know, when his brothers asked him, let's go to Jerusalem together, go um, for the feast. He said, no, I'm not going. The brothers went, I'm not going with you. He went, the brothers went. Later, he went secretly by himself. Whenever he was in a gathering of places where they wanted to kill him, he would remove himself. He was careful. In fact, Jesus was excellent at removing himself from places that were dangerous for him until the fulfillment of time and even then it wasn't as if he put himself deliberately in harm's way they had to come to come and take him where he was so he was wise in all his dealings so when god warns people and i always remember that when 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 jesus was a baby god warned joseph that they should flee to egypt so that they can escape herod's wrath so some, you know, so God does warn his people. He warns people. So if he's warning you about a relationship, he's warning you about something, you need to take that warning very seriously. God expects us to take action in our lives concerning anything that is causing us to sin, that is causing us to fear, that is causing us to not to doubt him, that is causing us to believe that he's less than what he is or that seems to be on a mission to dilute the power and the presence of God in our lives. It's not about sentiment. And that's why he used this kind of extreme analogy about cutting your body because I don't think anything can be worse than that. So he says he used that to shock them into knowing, yes, you have to take drastic action. And God is ministering to me right now. I'm going to listen to this music again because this is for me. I am in some situations right now that require this kind of drastic action that looks like self-harm but is actually for a greater good. And I don't mean physical self-harm because physical self-harm is not what God was saying here. I'm talking about metaphor in a metaphor. Something that looks as if like removing somebody from your life is like, oh, then I don't have this relationship or removing this um, or the impact that this person would have or this interest or removing myself. Even It may even be a job. There's some people, there's some kind of jobs that you really need to leave. If they're telling you to do sinful things, unethical things, honestly, you, that, that paycheck ain't worth it. So the prayer is God show me how and what I need to do. But there's no point because, I mean, the day they, they will come and carry you. You cannot now pray for God to now say, God, when God had already shown you that this was unethical. So he says, even though leaving that job may look as though you are hurting yourself, do it because it is better for you that you lose your job than with your job you go into destruction. I will leave it at that point. Um, may the Lord bless you. The reading of his word that we've read today may he cause it to may he reveal himself to us each and every one not because of what anybody or i have said today but the let the lord himself reveal to you and i what we need to do who we need to be and how we can live and walk righteously and please him glorify his name and be children of god in spirit and in truth 
Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. Thank you.